Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know medical care requires informed consent, but laws require informed consent. Politics, entrepreneurship, how you engage with your diet, health, exercise, even relationships. These all require a place of being informed. And I am so sick of being called a conspiracy theorist for using my brain and being informed. So that's where this podcast came to life. This is Informed Consent. I'm your host, Brooke Brewer. Let's start talking. brought to my attention that I missed a very important vaccination in my vaccine conversation series. Apparently you guys couldn't keep me away for too long from talking about the subject of vaccines because I've had a lot of people reach out to me asking me to talk about the Tdap. The Tdap is essentially a booster of the Dtap that is given to teenage children and pregnant women. And my inbox has been flooded asking me questions about the Tdap and what I think and what I would do. And I I guess I never fully in my mind thought I needed an entire episode on this because I had mentioned in the Dtap episode that it's essentially the same vaccination. It's just for older adults and pregnant women for essentially a booster. But hearing a lot of you guys reach out telling me that you want me to discuss this, I decided I'll do a quick little episode on it. I'm not going to go into the full details of ingredients and all of that because it's very, very, very similar to the DTAP. So if you are listening to this episode and you have not yet listened to the DTAP episode where I discuss that in length, please pause this and go back to that episode because I will go into grave detail there about ingredients and everything that there is to know that I'm I'm not going to do that here today. This is going to be just a short episode to really cover the Tdap in specific and the information that I feel that you should be fully informed on. Because at the end of the day, this show is called Informed Consent, and I believe that everyone should be informed. And and with that, I, I want to make something very clear. I love this podcast. I love being able to share information with you guys, but I do not want to be the decision maker for you and your family. Please know from the bottom of my heart that I do not intend to sway any of your decisions or what I say is what you should do. Should this information make you ask questions and do research? Absolutely. Should this information on this podcast challenge your thoughts? Absolutely. But should this information on the podcast be the only thing that makes your decision? No, I am not a doctor. I am not a professional. I am just a young 27-year-old individual that's passionate about this subject and knows how to research it in a way that is not bias from doctors. And I want to share that information. So I want to just make very clear for the people who have said, what would you do? I know what I will do deep down. And I'm sure some of you guys might know what I'm going to do deep down, but my decisions should not sway your decisions. What I share on these episodes should just educate you and inform you. It's informed consent that our doctors are not giving us. But does that mean that what I share is the end-all be-all? Absolutely not. I know people that are very, very, very passionate about this subject 
as well and still make decisions that are different from mine. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, I don't care if you get the full schedule. I don't care if you get the Tdap every time you're pregnant. I don't care if you get the COVID shot and the influenza shot every year. I truly don't care. But what I care is that we are empowered to do that research and take that information that we learn on these subjects and make the best decision for our families. My situation is different from everybody else's situation. Nobody lives the same life. Nobody has the same home life. Nobody has the same opportunities for their families. And so when one person might say that they choose to not vaccinate for, let's say, a certain vaccine, the other person may because their climate may be different and that's okay. So yes, am I doing this episode to help educate you on the subject of Tdap? Absolutely. But I just, I really felt guided to, to remind you all that these episodes are not here to tell you don't go get the Tdap or go get the Tdap. I, I'm not, I hope you guys understand in my heart that I'm really trying to be as informative and genuine as possible and just share the information that unfortunately we are not being shared. So we are going to dive very quickly into the few things on the TDAP that was not discussed in the DTAP episode. But before we get into it, I want to quickly chat about another one of my favorite supplements I have been loving. So I just recently shared about a mineral supplement that I have been taking, and I've had a lot of questions about what exactly that is that I'm taking, because listen, guys, water is so important. I'm a firm believer that water is important, but the more water that we drink, especially if it is filtered water to filter out toxic substances, such as fluoride, you're also most likely depleting the minerals. And we are such a mineral deficient society and culture today compared to what we used to be. And therefore we have a lot of health concerns. And so taking a mineral supplement is so important. And I want to talk about the mineral supplement that I have been taking. It is called Revitalize and it truly is incredible. Revitalize is a supplement that has trace minerals from the Sundance Sea. It's got shilat from the Himalayan mountains and vitamins that help fill the nutritional gaps. It's also caffeine free. And I just actually mix this right with my water. And it reminds me of like a crystal light, but without all of the junk. Aside from the incredible benefits of minerals, I want to take a minute and talk about the shilat. And I'm probably butchering how we pronounce this, but this is an absolute incredible mineral and the benefits are insane. It's incredible for aging. It's a great supplement that helps with overall vitality and slower aging process. It helps with fatigue. It helps improve cellular function, which means it may reduce fatigue at at the source and increase energy levels naturally. It's incredible for male fertility and testosterone. It has been shown to help increase male fertility, and it's been shown that men actually taking this supplement showed an increase in total sperm count and sperm modally, or how many and how well the sperms move towards the egg, both of which are factors in male fertility. It helps with brain function and may even help in Alzheimer's therapy. It's an antiviral. It's great for heart health and even lowering blood pressure. And there's been early studies showing that this actually helps to fight against certain types of cancer cells. So this is an incredible supplement. If you are not taking a shallot supplement and minerals, 
I highly recommend them. And if you are interested in this one specifically, Revitalize, it's got your minerals and that shilat. And if you want to try the supplement, it's super easy to get. You can just go to modere.com. That's M-O-D-E-R-E.com. Search for Revitalize. And if you use code 4842132 at checkout, you'll actually save $10 off of your first order. So the CDC recommends that at 11 to 12 years old, and then during your pregnancies, each pregnancy between 27 and 36 weeks, which is around the third trimester, you should get the Tdap, the T-D-A-P. This is vaccinating for the tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis diseases. Essentially, this is just a booster to the Dtap. The main reason why we are getting the booster for the DTAP in in the terms of the TDAP, I know this is going to get really confusing, but why we are giving the TDAP at age 12 or 13, at age 11 or 12, and then in each pregnancy, again, that's around your third trimester, is because of the pertussis disease. The CDC has admitted, like I shared in the DTAP episode, that the vaccine really doesn't work very well for the pertussis, which is why there is so many routine vaccines as it is for the DTAP. And then we are now giving the Tdap and this Tdap. The main reason why this is given to pregnancies is because our children and our infants are the most vulnerable for pertussis whooping cough. And so the The thought is that we give this vaccine to women in their third trimester, which is going to hopefully protect their baby that is growing inside of their bodies from pertussis when they are born. It is just an extra layer of immunity to give to their babies to help protect them from pertussis on top of the DTaP vaccines that they are already going to be getting. But this is more so helping them in their newborn stages until they're able to get the DTaP. A, a quick reminder of the pertussis, one in every 2,000 babies will catch the whooping cough. It's really just like a cold. It's a bad cough. There's about 20,000 cases of pertussis every year. And it's completely harmless to older children and adults, but once again, it can be harmful for the elderly and infants, which is why they give the Tdap to protect the newborns from pertussis. A statistic that I shared in the previous episode I did on this subject, but I will remind you guys, there is about 10 fatalities a year in infants from pertussis. Pertussis is a curable disease with antibiotics. And early diagnosis is key. If you have a severe cough, or I should say, if your child has a severe cough, do not write it out, take them to the hospital, take them to the doctors, get them on antibiotics. Because again, early, early diagnosis is key for healing from this disease quickly and safely. Some important things that I want to bring up regarding the Tdap, and it's One of the most important things is that there are two very common manufacturers that make this Tdap vaccine, the Adacil and the Boostrix. 
According to these manufacturers in their inserts, this actually states that all pregnancies have a risk of a birth defect loss or other adverse outcomes in the United States general population and the estimated background risk of major birth defects and miscarriage in clinically recognized pregnancies is 2% to 4% and 15% to 20% and 15% to 20% respectively. There are no adequate or well-controlled studies of boostrix in pregnant women in the United States. There's also a very similar statement in the Adacil vaccine insert. I will read this one more time. There is no adequate or well-controlled studies of these vaccines in pregnant women in the United States. Just like vaccines are not tested for carcinogenic material, for carcinogenic potential. So just like vaccines are not tested to see if they cause cancer, there are no large group tests on vaccines and the effects that they have on pregnant women and their fetuses. Why does the CDC recommend the Tdap shot for pregnant women when the manufacturer themselves states that there are no adequate and well-controlled studies of pregnant women using this product? That is a concern that I have regarding this vaccine. How can we know if there is not enough controlled safety studies? But let's look at some of the reactions that are reported in both the Adacil and the Boostrix and the Boostrix vaccine manufacturers that states on their inserts some very hard side effects that come from this. Anaphylactic reaction, Guillain-Barre syndrome, facial palsy, myocarditis, edema, swelling, rash, hypertension, convulsions, Muscle spams, large injection site reactions, bronchial neuritis, extensive limb swelling from the injection site beyond one or both joints, encephalitis, loss of consciousness, allergic reactions, hives, muscle pain. The entire list is listed in the vaccine inserts. But let's take a look at some of these adverse reactions into detail. So encephalitis is inflammation of the brain. There are several causes, but most common, it's a viral infection. Encephalitis often causes mild flu-like signs and symptoms, such as a fever or headache, or actually even no symptoms at all. Sometimes these flu-like symptoms are more severe. Encephalitis can also cause thinking, seizures, or problems can cause confused thinking, seizures, or problems with movement or with senses such as sight or hearing. In some cases, encephalitis can be life-threatening. This is a side effect that is listed on both of the common Tdap vaccines. On mom, we don't know what it has to do on the children that's growing inside of mom because it's not studied so we don't know, but we just know what's reported from the women that are taking this when they are pregnant. Myocarditis, something that we are hearing about, unfortunately, a lot 
with the COVID vaccine. Myocarditis is inflammation of the heart muscle. Myocarditis can affect your heart muscle and your heart's electric system, reducing your heart's ability to pump and causing rapid or abnormal heart rhythms. A viral infection usually causes myocarditis, but it can result from a reaction to a drug or be part of a more general inflammatory condition. Signs and symptoms include chest pain, fatigue, shortness of breath, and arrhythmias. Severe myocarditis weakens your heart so that the rest of your body doesn't get enough blood. Clots can form in your heart, leading to a stroke or a heart attack. Symptoms of myocarditis, including chest pain, chest pain, fatigue, shortness of breath, and arrhythmias or racing heartbeat are very questionable symptoms for a pregnant woman. And if it, it's safe for young growing children and pregnant women, swollen lymph nodes are small oval shaped organs that contain immune cells to attack and kill foreign invaders, such as viruses. They're an important part of our body's immune system. Lymph nodes are also known as lymph glands. They are found in areas such as the neck, armpits, and groin. They are linked by lymphatic vessels and carry lymph throughout the body. Lymph is a clear fluid containing white blood cells and dead and diseased tissue for disposal. The primary function of lymph nodes is to harbor the body's disease fighting cells and to filter lymph before it reenters circulation. When you're sick and your lymph nodes send out disease fighting cells and compounds, they may become inflamed or painful. The condition of having inflamed lymph nodes is referred to as lymphadenitis. If our lymph nodes are inflamed, which is a side effect from this vaccine. It affects our immune system. If our lymph nodes aren't able to work properly because they are inflamed, that could in return cause a lot of problems, especially with fighting other potential diseases and viruses. Hypotension, low blood pressure, which is one of a very common side effect of the Tdap. Low blood pressure might seem desirable, and for some people, it causes no problems. However, for many, abnormally low blood pressure can cause dizziness and fainting, and it can be very life-threatening. Generally, low blood pressure during pregnancy isn't a cause for concern unless, unless you experience symptoms. Big drops in blood pressure may be the sign of a serious or even life-threatening problem. Extremely low blood pressure can cause organs to fail, be damaged, or go into shock. If there is a drastic fall in blood pressure, it can reduce the oxygen supply to your body, thus impeding your body's critical functions. It could be risky for your baby in, in this case because when there is less supply of oxygen, it can cause a significant damage to the baby's heart and brain. Loss of consciousness and fainting are both listed by the manufacturers as adverse reactions. So taking both of those and low blood pressure, these are extremely dangerous for pregnant women. These are just a few of the side effects that have been noted from the Tdap. But let's go back to pertussis. Let's go back to the conversation of pertussis because that truly is why we give this vaccine to pregnant women is the pertussis component. In the vaccine insert 12.1, the mechanism of action, it talks about pertussis and it says specifically pertussis 
whooping cough, is a respiratory disease caused by B. pertussis. This gram-negative cocobacillus produces a variety of biologically active components, though their role in either the pathogenesis of or immunity to pertussis has not been clearly defined. If the role of immunity to pertussis is not clearly defined, then how does the manufacturer know that the Tdap shot will provide protection to the patient and to the growing fetus? The safety studies are so low on this vaccine and the adverse reactions are insane. Looking at some of the adverse reactions and the compensation in court from this vaccine is mind-blowing. Just taking a look at the petitions filed, compensated, and dismissed. At petitions filed and compensated in the vaccine injury compensation program up until 2019. So this was actually, this is and fully up to date. This is just the article up to 2019 study. So the Tdap has 749 in vaccine court filed for injury. Six of those filed for death. That's crazy. According to theirs. So looking at theirs, theirs has 1,000, so I'll go through the the two different vaccines, the Adacil and the Boostrix, and then the no-name brand. So there is another brand out there. It's not as common, but I wanted to share the VAERS reportings on these vaccines. So there is a total of 23,363 reported injuries from the Adacil Tdap vaccine. 1,123 of those are deaths reported. For the Boostrix, there's 14,092 adverse effects reported, and 674 of those are deaths. And in the no-name brand, 2,615 adverse events, and 152 of those are deaths. Looking at these statistics, and looking at the statistical odds of our children getting pertussis, of our children surviving from pertussis, of mom passing pertussis immunity to her baby, looking at the studies that are done to actually prove if this vaccine does work, to weigh the risks, looking at the research that is done on long-term safety studies on pregnant women, looking at the ingredients that are in this vaccine, going back to that previous episode on the DTAP if you haven't yet, or simply read the insert. The insert that also says that 13.1 Adacil has not been evaluated for carcinogenic or mutagenic potential and impairment of fertility. What are my thoughts on this vaccine? the same thoughts that I have on the DTAP. This is one of the worst vaccines for us. It's one of the most toxic. The ingredients are incredibly harsh. The necessity is very low, especially when you really look at the 
chances of getting these different diseases on top of, we talked about pertussis, but we've got the diphtheria and the tetanus, the fears, the concerns, the, the worries, are they necessary? Do we really, really, really need to inject this into our body when we are in our third trimester to protect our babies? Only you can answer that question. But you need to be informed on that subject. You need to be informed on that question. And I hope that this episode was able to help you feel a little bit more informed. But I will really, really urge you to please go back to the episode where I talked about DTAP because I did share in there that this is for pregnant women too. And I talked about the TDAP very briefly in that episode. But I wanted to just make a couple more highlights on some of the known side effects of the TDAP and share the VAERS reporting system and the current payouts because it's important and I didn't yet discuss that. So thank you to those who brought it up and who shared that with me that they were curious what my thoughts were on this. Because you reminded me that, yeah, I kind of did miss a vaccine. So I hope this helped. And I hope that this gave a little bit more information to those that were curious. I do promise for a little bit, we are done with the subject of vaccines, but I just felt I had to get that out of the way because I was getting a lot of questions. And so I wanted just to really wrap a bow on this for a little bit. I truly appreciate everyone reaching out and sharing with me what they're loving about this show. My reviews are everything. And I want to share a recent review that I got from dad trying to do his best. He shared that this is simply a wonderful podcast that spills the hard truth about topics that people must hear about. Brooke's realness and knowledge are truly powerful. I love this podcast. I really appreciate that review. Thank you so much for sharing that. And if you are listening to this and you love this episode or the show and you have not yet reviewed my podcast, I would appreciate you more than you know. If you just go to Apple Podcasts, scroll all the way to the bottom and take a minute and give me a star rating and write me a quick review. That is how we block the censorship. And those reviews are what keep me going and doing this because it truly means the world to me knowing that you guys are loving this show. So next week, we're going to get back into more topics about how we can stay more prepared to stay healthy outside of just the conversation of vaccines. And I think next week's going to be an episode that you guys are going to really want to hear. So thank you guys for being patient with me as I jumped back into the vaccine conversation series. I promise you we're going to be done for it for a little bit, but I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I will see you next Wednesday.